Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... I'm Will Pelagic. And just like that, we are back. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, broadcasting live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them on East Independence or online at planetkianc.com. If you're enjoying today's show or if you happen to miss it or any other shows, Check out the podcast, download it, Apple Podcasts, WFNZ app, anywhere you can get your podcast. Check out Wes and Walker. And to help us right now to talk about the success of Charlotte FC, we have Willie P on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, voice of Charlotte FC, by the way, uh, to talk about some of the success there. And Willie, do you have some uh, good luck charms that you're using for tonight to get the Hornets to get Wemby? I, I, I have uh, got every rabbit's foot assembled. I've got all pennies, heads up, uh, legs crossed, fingers crossed, eyes crossed, everything. <laughs> Walker, have we gotten anything else on the on the guest, uh, on the text line? Yeah, we got Thick Doink saying, uh, <laughs> oh, well, Thick Doink does not. He's being a hater, saying, not going to lie, it might be the only person that Wimby makes nervous. It doesn't seem like you're the only one. 704 said, for Hornets luck tonight, tell Mac not to watch. Oh, that's poor Mac, man. Hopefully the curse doesn't hit. And uh, 704 also said, pulling out the Hornets starter jacket and wearing it during the lottery. So those are some other good luck charms we got. All right, Willie P. So talking about Charlotte FC, they got a big win over Atlanta. They've now won three in a row. And since the last Atlanta matchup, they've won or tied at nine of its last 11, including, as I said, winning three in a row. What are you seeing from this team? And is the ceiling getting higher for this team? Uh, I'm seeing cohesion, Wes, and, and confidence. I think you're seeing a couple of players who have really kind of stepped up their con- their game. Uh, Camille Yosbiak is one of them. Unfortunately, he won't feature tomorrow for Charlotte FC in the matchup against Chicago, but he's been in real, real good form, uh, has had four goals and three assists in his last six competitions. So he's somebody who you look at and say has been really, really strong for Charlotte FC. I think you also have seen Carol Spiderski play very, very well. He set up the penalty that ended up getting Charlotte FC that second goal against Atlanta. And even the inclusion of a guy like Justin Miram had an assist against New York City, had a brace against his old team, uh, two goals last weekend against Atlanta. He's shown some real great uh, maturity and also leadership amongst this young group. And I also think we have to give some credit to the defense. Uh, I understand they did concede late in that contest while they were suffering a little bit, but I do feel like they've played very, very well in their last couple of contests. A clean sheet, of course, against Orlando at the U.S. Open Cup in the midweek last week. And they've really, really been very strong and also great in the midfield as well. Brent Bronico had one of his best games last uh, weekend against Atlanta. He was having to go up against an uh, Argentinian world champion in Thiago Almada, and he rendered Almada basically useless for 90 minutes. 
So, Willie, is this sustainable? Is this sustainable to see some of this that can continue forward? I remember asking Jessica, who joined us just last week, saying, I don't think we should say, hey, they're actually hitting some kind of positive streak until they win a couple more in a row. And so they've done that now. Do you think this is something we can continue to see down the line? I think it can, but I also think you got to remember that this league is very, very tightly packed when it comes to how close they are together. There is right now a seven-way tie between 6th and 12th in this league on 15 points. That's a tie that Charlotte FC is currently uh, mired in right now. Unfortunately, they're at the bottom of that pack because of their goal differential. But we've seen that any team can beat any other one in this league, no matter the weekend. But I think the one thing is that things are stabilized for Charlotte FC, and they can also hit a different stride because I think they're getting it from a lot of different areas. It's not just one guy you have to focus on. It's a number of different guys. Even Enzo Capetti last weekend, who had not necessarily found the goal streak uh, until uh, that Open Cup match against FC Tormenta after a bit of a goal drought, had two goals against NYCFC. And then last weekend, Charlotte was able to win without him. So I think the one thing you're seeing from Charlotte is it's not just one guy who's getting things done. It's a bunch of different guys who are playing very well. And I also think, and I didn't mean to leave him out in our first part of the conversation, but I think a lot of that is also coincided with the return of Ashley Westwood. He's another person who has had a lot of leadership. He's put in some great passes. He put in the first pass uh, to Justin Merrim on the goal that was scored on Saturday. And I think he's somebody who you're starting to see players flock to in terms of that leadership. Willie P. joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at Willie P. Style. And was there a moment for you where you saw, okay, things are starting to change for this team? I feel like they are about to start getting some wins now that they are on this streak. It's funny. You you asked the exact question that I'm going to ask Chris Matanzu here in about an hour because I I think from, from a lot of people's standpoint, they will look to the home victory against Columbus because that's kind of when Charlotte FC needed a victory in the worst way. Columbus was a squad that came in and really was was strong coming into that contest. They were in the top four, and Charlotte FC was able to get an early goal in that contest and get themselves uh, a lead and a win. I also think that the one moment in that contest, the offside goal that was called back uh, with Aiden Morris, I think that really kind of gave Charlotte FC, again, it's one of those things where in a moment, in a game, you don't really think about it because, again, it did give Charlotte FC a victory, but I think that's the moment where I think Charlotte FC's luck might have changed for them. It wasn't necessarily anything that they did, but it seemed for a while that the, the vibes around the team weren't good. Uh, the luck had not gone their way. We call it in the hockey puck luck. Well, the, the ball luck hadn't gone their way. And that was kind of one of those situations and iterations where a call goes Charlotte FC's way. It was the right call that was made. But I think ever since then, you know, minus the D.C. United result, Everything has come up roses for Charlotte FC. The voice of Charlotte FC, Willie P, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can also follow him on Twitter at Willie P Style. And Willie, I saw one of your tweets about the injury report for this club ahead of tomorrow's match against Chicago. What is the impact of some of those injuries that are on the report? Well, the Uzviak injury hurts. Uh, They were able to win without him against New York City. So I I think you look at that and you say, okay, Charlotte FC at least has some different pieces that they could plug in there. Unfortunately, the one that they did plug in against New York, McKenzie Gaines is also out. And I think it was rather senseless because in that contest, Atlanta was thinking that McKenzie was kind of milking his knee injury. And one of their players, Juanjo Parata, uh, tried to pick him up to try and keep the game going. And McKenzie was incredibly injured with a knee injury. So uh, I feel a little bit salty about that one and wondered why there wasn't some initial uh, 
initial punishment for Peraza in that contest because McKenzie was very much ailing in that contest. So knee injury keeps him out. Ben Bender is also out with a lower leg injury that he suffered in the match. It was, uh, unfortunately, from uh, the injury standpoint, rather brutal for Charlotte FC on that turf in Atlanta. So they are going to be without some guys. But I think the one thing that is a positive is they're about as healthy on the defensive side as they have been all season. Joseph Mora is slated to possibly return for Charlotte FC, potentially at left back. And they could possibly also get Bill Tuiloma, their center back who they got from Portland uh, right at the beginning of the season. Uh, he's somebody who's been out. They've had to play Jan Zabachinski. And Jan's played well. Uh, he's not the fastest center back, but his distribution is great. And he's also been able to at least stand tall in some very, very key moments. But Charlotte FC, at least at the back line, getting healthier. We'll see if the back line being healthy can help them withstand some losses up front. Willie P, Charlotte currently sitting 12th in the Eastern Conference, and they've got some winnable games coming up. Is this Charlotte team on the streak they're on, the team that nobody wants to see with them being on fire, so to speak? Well, you you never want to see a team that's playing in good form. And the thing about Charlotte FC is that they're also very, very good at home. I was looking up a stat. Uh, when they score first at home, they have not lost when they've led at half. So from that aspect, they're 11-0 and when they lead at halftime. Uh, they've only lost one contest in a contest where they've scored first. The unfortunate part about it is the team they play tomorrow is the team that actually beat them in their building. They had a Jordy Rana goal that was scored in the opening minute at Bank of America Stadium last season, and unfortunately that ended up being a 3-2 defeat the other way. So from Charlotte's perspective, if you get them out on the front foot and they score first, they settled into that defense, and that's something that's been a real, uh, a real key thing for them in their victories. It happened against Atlanta, happened against Columbus, happened also against New York City. If you get Charlotte FC and they score first, I'm not saying it's Katie bar the door, but it's a pretty good odd for, for Charlotte FC getting themselves three points. All right, Willie, last question for me. Last week, we negotiated a trade for English snacks in exchange for a stuffed soccer and rugby ball to give to one Jessica Charman. Now, one, can we trust you to be the conduit for this trade as well as my next question being, can we expect good things from the English snacks that she's going to bring us with her side of the proposal? I, I will expect uh, a kickback if okay. I can do this. <laughs> no, that's a good businessman. Yeah, that's a good businessman. That's fine. I think that's fair. And, and, and I want the kickback to be some Kit Kat Chunky because the Kit Kat Chunky, of the things that she's brought over, in the, the year and a half that we've known her, the Kit Kat Chunky is, uh, is a real game changer. Think, of it, think if a Kit Kat and a Nestle's Crunch Bar had a baby. Mm. That's what oh, Kit yeah. Kat Chunky is. That, that sounds <laughs> phenomenal. As soon as you said Kit Kat Crunchy, it, well, Chunky? Oh, Chunky's, chunky. Better than, chunky. Chunky's better than Crunchy, too. I'd rather my Kit Kats be Chunky than Crunchy, so I'm excited about that. It's, it's quite awesome. Uh, just whatever you do, don't... Uh, don't go for the Kinder or the Cadbury egg because there's a real egg in there. So that's, that's the only thing I will say. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that was Willie P. from the Charlotte FC, the voice of Charlotte FC. When you talk about following this man, you can follow him at Willie P. Style. Thank you for giving us your time on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. We'll see you next week. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. All right, Willie P. coming in now, giving us our soccer sandwich for the week. Have you ever had a Kinder Joy before? I feel like that candy I'm bar. I'm not. I feel like I've it, never even heard of it. Yeah, the Kinder Joy. You know what I'm talking about, right, Fitty? So it, it's like they've got. It's almost like this caramel cream filling or something. Some they give you like a tiny spoon to eat this Kinder Joy with. I think I've had one. It's pretty good. But it, just, it feels like this thing has has 
risen up on the popularity <laughs> list a lot more. Where have you gone to get such a? I it's it's in the uh, the impromptu aisle. It's like uh, yeah, it's a little purchase that you make where your mints are, your candy bars, and the grocery. Oh, I've seen store. these. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I feel like all these right. things have really caught a lot of popularity recently. Wow, I've never had one, but I have seen these often. They're pretty good. I don't know if they're going to be as good as some of the staples, but I just didn't know if kids like these things because there's a different element to they it. They got to because I, they've been around for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, some of the other, the, the candy that I graduated from as a kid and I'd still eat now, it's funny because one piece of candy I would have said was in Josh's snack pack earlier today with yeah. the ring pop. But another one I would have had was, do you remember Fun Dip? Did you guys like Fun oh, Dip? yeah. <laughs> Is that the one that came with the uh, the white? Yes, Yes, it was the white, uh, you know, I know we're trying to figure out a way to sidestep some of the terminology that might it's come with that. It's a white stick. Yeah, I know you were going to say that. That's so, what it is. You no, know, you're right. So yeah, I it, remember that. It, it was that with the fun dip. Also, <laughs> the, uh, like, what is it, the the finger pops? You know what I'm talking about? Ring pop? No, no, no. The It was, no, push pops. They were the push pops. You remember those? Yes. So those were fantastic as well. I do remember. And then those. my favorite childhood candy of all time, it was the Disney Wonder Ball. So it was the big chocolate ball that also had little tiny candies inside or some kind of treat. Wow. And I was really excited about that every time that we'd get one. Man, I think I've never heard of this one as well, nor have I seen it. I would say probably the candy that I graduated from as a child that I used to like was uh, lemon heads. Oh, lemon heads mm. were okay. Yeah. Were you a big I hated when guy? they got sweet. Oh, really? So your initial sour, sour thing was good, but then once they got sweet, I didn't like them as much anymore. You're you're going to clown me for being soft again, but here I am being susceptible once more, live on air. I was not a huge fan of the sour heads. Those things were something serious, mm. especially the ultimate sour ones. And then they would have the juice that you could spray on it, and then it would mm. make it even more sour. <laughs> and no, thank you. I, you would have to actually, I would only eat those if they were a part of a bet back in elementary mm. school. Like Airheads for me as well, too. Airheads were great. I'd still eat some Airheads. Were yeah. you the type of person you would make it fat? You know how people would take no, it and put it in I'm the No, I'm all about stretching it out. I'm all about making mm. sure that, you know, especially with the Hershey bars, too, I'll break it in little pieces and I'll eat it that way. Uh, Nashville Daddy said the wax with the juice in them were great. That's a good old, like, country-style candy. with the juice? Yeah, remember the little wax bottles? You can get those at good old Murray's Mill, Catawba wow. County, Crib. Um, 100 grand bars are god-tier. That's what Brian said. <laughs> NASCAR Brad said zero bars are underrated. My mom used to love to eat those, and I've had a few on my day, too. They are pretty good. All right, maybe we can get to some more candy bars on the yeah, other side. Yeah, maybe we can get to that. And I've also got a few wild superstitions for all you that. out there that are looking for something you may or may not want to do on the other side. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. 
Wednesday morning on the Mac and Bone Show. Fans of schools in the magnificent seven ACC schools. Do you really want to leave? Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Welcome back, folks. It is a glorious day in the Queen City as this is the day that we will get Victor Wimbledon. I'm just saying it right now. Just speak it to existence. Let's go, we're baby. knocking on wood. We had smoke come in. I yeah. think we're going to bring him in in the last segment because yeah. this is somebody that embraces the pain mm-hmm. that does come from being a Charlotte Hornets fan, and I'm going to hear more of that on the air. Yeah, welcome back. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season, and the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match, so stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse, coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan, Now, today we've been talking about superstitions. We've got our mojo going in here to try to get Wimby, but I've got a few superstitions for you from the sports world that you may or may not want to try. So uh, let me give you a few of those, and then you guys can keep giving us those on the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. Leo Mashida, you remember him? No, I don't. Great fighter, combat guy. Lost just two fights and has been one of the best MMA fighters. He's one of the best MMA fighters ever. How or what was his secret pre-fight? He would drink his own urine. He was taught to do it by oh, his no. father slash trainer, Yoshida Mashida, who also are drank filth. his own urine. Apparently, they think that the human body's expulsion of waste and toxins possesses some sort of natural medicinal quality so all right let's ask the question fitty i'm gonna go straight to you with this one (laughs) you you should be the subject of this question the resident hog if if it meant that north carolina (laughs) would win a championship every other year would you drink your own urine every game though every game before every game well that's gonna be a lot would you do it ever? Although maybe we can, maybe we can push the boundaries here. Maybe you would do it every game. If you would have asked me this back in 2015, 16, yes, because that would have guaranteed my favorite Tar Heel ever would have a banner. Marcus Page. Marcus Page would have won a championship. But now, wait for- no, you're not drinking your urine. Okay, this but is an awful to win a national championship in football or basketball. I would do it. Oh yeah. See, I don't. I don't know. I mean. But with the Charlotte Hornets, the problem is the longer that you go without having a championship or any type of success, the more pressure you feel to get the fandom and to get the fans on your side. Like, I, I wonder if any other Hornets fan would do that that's just to get Wimby. That's 82 regular season oh, games. Oh, I'm not doing it every game. Oh, I'm not doing it every game. Did you ever see the Death Row documentary and they said Shug, they used to make people do that? Oh, no. And <laughs> Shug. Shug is all used sorts to make of them problems. Take shots watch, of it. Death Row documentary. They said they used to make people take shots of it. Goodness gracious. Yeah. That, that's the problem. Shug's got all sorts of problems. <laughs> all right, so Moises Alou, I know you remember this guy. Major oh, League yeah. outfielder, great player. He was one of a select few players not to wear batting gloves. Typically, players wear them to keep their hands from hurting. 
How did he deal with the pain of hitting? I think this is one that I remembered at least once upon By a time. Toughening I forgot the it. skin on his hands. And how did he do that? He peed on his hands. So are we just going to do random no, we pee got more. No, we got more, but okay. these were just too crazy. Ones. Mm, Fortunately, gross. most of his teammates wore gloves for moments like that. They said the worst part, urea, one of the primary compounds wow. in pee, was once used as a primary ingredient and moisturizer to keep skin soft. Now, to get away from that one and more of the kind of... You, you decided you know, not to space those out. You decided <laughs> to hit us uh, with some pee immediately. That's just wild, fantastic. Just wild uh, stuff. Jason Terry, one of the most consistent scoring guards in the NBA. Great player he was as well. The Jet. Well, he used superstition as well. How did he do that? Every night before a game, he would sleep in the shorts of his opponent the next day. They said he managed to acquire the actual shorts of every team in the NBA. And when a team got a new uniform, he would get the shorts too. And he would sleep in those. Okay. That one's, not, that one's not as bad. You're just thinking it's dumb that he would do that? Well, first off, he's not the Jet. That's Kenny Smith. And that's just creepy. <laughs> I love that. I mean, that, that's, that's just borderline like an invasion of privacy. I mean, it's just the team logo. And then it obviously reminded me of North Carolina wearing, or excuse me, Michael Jordan wearing the North Carolina shorts. There goes my hard helmet. I've been trying to make it work so badly, but my hard helmet just fell off. Oh, so he would buy the sign. shorts. I yeah, he, he would buy them. Oh, I thought you meant that he had like someone go into the locker room and get no, the no, 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 shorts. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's that all is right. A lot that, okay, that's that's my bad. Okay, yeah. that's not too bad. No, not awful. All right, so let's get to the nitty gritty. Carolina Panthers. Chris Sims is releasing his quarterback rankings. Bryce Young, thirty-eight. There are a lot of quarterbacks ahead of him, if you can count pretty well. So let's just go ahead and start with the plethora of Chris Sims sound that we have. First off, starting off talking about the Panthers' offense and what it will look like under Bryce Young. I would think it's going to be more shotgun, Alabama, spread the field, take advantage of his abilities of RPOs and screens and getting the ball out of his hands quickly and make the game more of a space game. That's what I would expect. But maybe they have a different vision there in Carolina. All right, and then let's also play the bite, which may be one of the reasons why he put him as low as he did in my estimation, talking about the Panthers' coaching staff and how they were wowed by Bryce's size at some point during the process. Did you see the video the Panthers posted on Bryce Young's first snap in practice? He looked like a high schooler. He said, ooh, can he really be elite being that small? So we're showing it now if you're watching on Peacock or YouTube. He does look tiny. Now, forced perspective, he is farther away from the camera than his offensive lineman, so that doesn't help. If he had rolled to the other side, it would have looked better. Uh, but he does look small. Well, well yeah, and he, he's going to look even smaller when it's actually the starting offensive lineman in there, and it's not a bunch of just rookie patroop guys there, too, as well. So, listen, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's the first thing that I thought of when I saw him. And when I saw this clip, I just went, damn, poof, yeah. he's small. <laughs> I, I mean, yes. Now, you know, like we talked about, he's used to being that size. He knows how to play, right? But, like... You're, you're, you guys, like, there's no doubt that every coach on that team took the field this weekend and went, the thought went through their head, whoa, man, he's small. Whoa, we took him with a number one pick. 
All right, so when you talk about his quarterback rankings, he's released the first five quarterbacks of his top 40 countdown. And so he's got him ahead of Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell, who were 39 and 40, respectively. But he has him behind C.J. Stroud, who is at 37, and Anthony Richardson, who is at 36. So what do you think about this? I think he's wrong. And this is something Chris Sims will do with the quarterback rankings quite a bit. Like, I, Chris Sims, remember, we all know how he came to fame. I mean, he's, his father is Phil Sims, right? We know that he was a quarterback at Tampa Bay. But as far as the media game goes, this is someone that Dan Lebitard brought on when he had Blake Bortles as the 75th-ranked quarterback in the NFL a few years back. And so they had him on every single day. And Chris Sims would give you a different quarterback in the NFL at that time that was better than Blake Bortles. All of that to say, this is not something that is all that new. And he's not been big on Bryce Young. He was somebody that did like C.J. Stroud more. He was somebody that did like some of these other QBs more. So I'm not surprised to see him put Bryce Young this far down on the list. ECU Bryce hater, which, you know, maybe this is actually defensive Bryce, despite the title there. He wrote, did some idiot just say RPO with Bryce Young? I hope we never RPO with Bryce Young. And honestly, we've talked about this before, Mm -hmm. because if you put him in an RPO offense somewhat frequently or have him in those sets, then you are asking for more of a punishment, especially if you get him out in space and somebody actually makes the right call. If the defensive end makes the right call and then just meets at the point of handoff, boom, you're down. You're asking for more punishment for somebody that already is small. I was seeing I was looking at Dan Orlovsky on NFL Live. I think it was yesterday, maybe two days ago. He was talking about what the offense might look like. And what he was comparing what Carolina could do is what Sean Payton did with Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. And so you would have this spread out offensive line and he called it the accordion look, right? So where you have so much spread out, they just expand, but also you created throwing lanes and the routes that they ran downfield would be somewhat in each of those lanes. However many players that you have, right? Tight end was this example of a play that he was drawing up. And so I wonder if that's something that Frank Reich looks at. Part of the appeal of Bryce Young is his ability to play on some improvisation. So when things break down in the pocket, we know just how much he can uh, uh, kill the, the defense by roaming outside. I do think that there is going to be a lot of shotgun. I don't think that's wrong because he ran so much shotgun at Alabama. But I don't know how much RPO you're going to be running, especially if you want to take care of him at the beginning of his NFL career. Well, not only that, too, in an RPO, one of the strategies defenses like to take is just hit the quarterback anyway. And I'm sure with Bryce's size that teams would definitely take that approach and say, hey, just hit him anyway because he's so small we want to wear on him during the game. Or, I know folks hate to hear it, but put him out of the game. But as far as just the rankings goes, I think that is very low for him. That means he's outside of some backups as well. I think he's in the top 32, and I think he's even higher than that. I like him better than the aforementioned Sam Howe and Desmond Ritter. But then also when you talk about starting quarterbacks, I like him better than Daniel Jones. I like him better than Jordan Love. I like him better than Justin Fields. And um, and so those are three guys right there. And ooh, as much as I love Brock Purdy. You'll put Bryce Young ahead of Purdy. I like Bryce Young ahead of Purdy, even though Purdy has proven it at this level and balled out. But that's just how highly I think of Bryce Young. So I think seven zero four nine eight zero. Let's go. (laughs) I just think that uh, these rankings, I I just don't really understand where he's coming from, especially to put them behind Richardson and Stroud. So that tells me that he probably thought that Bryce Young perhaps shouldn't have been 
the number one pick and based off his rankings and how he has them. Yeah, he didn't. No, I mean, Chris, this is. Does he think that Anthony Richardson should have been the number one pick? Yeah, Chris Sims. I mean, this is something I, I kept up with it a little bit. I'm not sure I, I listened too much to the rankings, but this is somebody that had Bryce Young below those guys, at least CJ Stroud at the moment, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah, I'm not surprised to see these rankings. I, I will go to the Garage Door Guru text line for a moment, 704-570-9610. People are writing in that you don't have to run it on an RPO, and I understand that. I still don't know but if you R- can still get hit. Yeah, and that that's the point. It's not necessarily that you're only running a run option. I'm not thinking this is Pat White, Steve Slayton offense. Right. Like We know what an RPO is. Yeah. I, I don't think it's just him you know, waiting for the pitch man after you know some triple option, right? Fake fullback handoff, and then you have somebody that pitches to the outside i know what an rpo is to the point where you can still be susceptible to danger in the backfield and i'm just not sure they're going to run that frequently i'm not saying they're going to abandon the idea altogether i i like the idea of mixing in some different offenses but i just don't think that's going to be something they run quite a bit and um i think shotgun and i think something that dan orlovsky was talking about is quite interesting the research team has found the answer to chris sims uh draft rankings Mm -hmm. so he had stroud one yeah but he had Bryce Young, too, ahead of Anthony Richardson, who he has now ranked ahead of him in his positional rankings. He's got to like the Colts organization, then. You know, his third quarterback was Hendon Hooker, and his number five quarterback was DTR out of UCLA, and then Will Levis out of Kentucky. So, he just does it for clicks, man. He, he's done. Look, I don't know how much of it's for clicks. Maybe it is. But this is what he's been about for. Yeah, I think that's for, what he really thinks for a long time. Yeah, and but but it's it's often very different from whatever consensus you want to go to. It's often different. Do you feel like what do you think about the comment about the Panthers' coaching staff and what they thought about his size once they saw him on the field amongst everybody else? Oh, that they had to think that he was super small at some point. I I would think that a coaching staff and an organization that underwent that much due diligence going around. I mean, he saw a pro day. I mean, I'm sure there were some big dudes over there at Alabama when he was standing up to some of the other taller guys. And and Brian Burns, he's a tall guy. So that's the photo that we're all looking at. The offensive line, it is made up of the biggest dudes alongside the defensive line on an NFL team. I don't think they were surprised. Yeah, he looks small. I'm not going to lie to you. The photos make him look small. (laughs) But it's also something that we saw any kind of close-up when he would play for Alabama. So it's not new, but it does show just how small he is. And I'm still here, proud, happy, excited that Bryce Young is the number one pick for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm a big human nature guy. So I think that no matter how much research they did, because at first when they tried to clown him about it, I said, well, his Alabama offensive line was just as big or bigger than this Panthers offensive line. But still, I still think human nature, once they saw him on the field with the guys, I think some of the coaches, they were like, yeah, he is pretty yeah, small, maybe, man. Maybe, but we they gotta, saw him in Alabama. You no, know, no, like, doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. They've ever seen him. And Frank, Reich is, Frank Reich's tall. Yeah, I just still think that the thought ran through their head at some point during practice just looking at him. Because you know how you can know something – but then once you're seeing it up close and personal, the thought, even though it may not hinder them or feel negatively about it, but they still just looked at it and were like, oh, yeah, he he's small for sure. But, uh, you know, that's their guy. And uh, he had a great mini camp and he is off to a great start. And so now we will turn it over to my man, Joshua Marlowe, for his first flash of the day. It's all right to be a little pity. A little hometown or a big old city might as well share might as well smile life goes on for a little 
fitting. Wow. All right, guys. Got a little college basketball flash for us. Going to tie in locally. About an hour, hour and a half or so ago, it was announced that Tyler Hansborough will be inducted into the College Basketball Hall of Fame. Somehow it's taken this long for him to be inducted. Uh, Hansborough, of course, just a quick reminder, the only ACC player to be a a four-time All-American, was a four-time first-team All-ACC member, the conference's leading scorer, Carolina's leading scorer, and won the Player of the Year in 2008 and the National Championship in 2009. And he's going in with Duke inductees, Coach K going in, along with former Duke player and assistant Johnny Dawkins. But a nice uh, a nice summer for Tyler Hansborough, a guy that I often refer to as the greatest ACC basketball player of all time. And people get mad, but nonetheless, Psycho T going into the College Basketball Hall of Fame. It's not a crazy take. I mean, there are plenty of guys that you could put up there, but Tyler Hansborough is absolutely one of the players that you can put up and say he could be the best ACC player of all time. If you look at his storied career, he did win a championship in poetic fashion, with that being the last season that he could play at North Carolina. Came on strong as a freshman right after their championship year. So it's not like we were crazy worried about as Tar Heel fans, just how much they'd be able to reload. We know Hansborough was an awesome recruit coming in, but I didn't expect 19 points per game on the type of efficiency and for that to only increase from there. 19, I guess 18 and a half the next season, but still fantastic. And then 22-21 with a championship. Phenomenal career that got further in the tournament every single season he was basically there with the Tar Heels. Yeah, easily my most hated college basketball player of all time, but no question about it. I have to agree with Fiddy. I mean, there's nothing lacking. He had the resume that you can only dream of coming out of high school with all that he did, and you can check out plenty of uh, Tyler Hansborough content on the uh, ACC Digital Network now, as on much as, platform. As much as it would hurt, like even me being a Tar Heel fan, it's hard to put him over Christian Leitner, though, right? No. Is it not? Okay. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't I'm surprised. So. Okay. The fair accolades, enough. I mean, like I said, the four-time All-American, I mean, all the All-ACC. But the championship the stuff the with year, Duke is, is insane. It is, but just and he was individual. Guy. Like, I think he has a championship that warrants that Leitner, in my opinion, doesn't surpass him, even though Christian has more. But just an individual standpoint, just a career he had, man. I mean... And no matter who he played, you thought if he played somebody athletic or if you thought he played an NBA caliber guy that he was going to get shut down. And then you looked at the box score and he found a way to have 26 and 12. Like, you couldn't stop <laughs> no, him. No, he was amazing. Yeah, he's he's certainly – he's got to be the best Carolina player ever. Yes. It's, not, it's, yeah. not even, it's not even an argument. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So Fair when enough. we come back, I'm we take a argue. visit to the mound. <laughs> we take a visit to the mound on the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. 
Welcome back to Wes and Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Joe Ovius going to be joining us in just a moment. The Ovius and Gilio podcast you can find on YouTube. Going to be talking about the ACC. Fitty broke that news yesterday after Brett McMurphy. Maybe we give credit to Brett McMurphy and then you just being the messenger unless you want to take credit for breaking that news. But either way, you read it on air about the Magnificent Seven all meeting with legal teams in recent months to examine the league's grant of rights. Could the ACC be changing? We've got that coming up for you at 2 o'clock. I did want to read a few text messages before we get to visit to the mound. 704-570-9610. I wanted to go back and read some of the best candy bar entries on the text line and just best old candies. What you ate what you ate as a kid and then graduated from, but we are living in nostalgia in that way. 336 wrote, cowtails all day long. And that was, I think, the candy of choice for a lot of people that would go to the Bunker Hill concession stand. That seems like a good country Catawba County candy, at least to me. Alston wrote in butter popcorn jelly bellies. Did we like those? Feel like I'm feel like no. I'm doing the show by myself with Wes being no. five feet from the mic and you looking at your phone. I was looking at I was anybody pull to help that me closer. Out. I was ready to, to speak in a minute, but uh, <laughs> butter popcorn. All right, you do that now. research. I'll keep looking. Q said, "Come on, bruh, don't forget the three musketeers." Myron Goodman said, "Whatchamacallit candy bars and score bars." Three musketeers I consider kid candy bars. Now that was my favorite candy bar though when I was a kid, and then I did not stop eating them. But I didn't get them as much, but I used to get Three Musketeers all the time. Yeah, Three Musketeers are still good. It, plus, it's just like, it's not a whole lot you can get wrong. It's All it is is, what, chocolate and nougat, and that's it. Just yeah. fluffy, light. Nougat in- mm-hmm. I think so. What else would you call it? I'm pretty sure that's it. I don't know. We'll get our research team on that as well. <laughs> Tampa Dave said, Pop Rocks, man. That's a good candy for kids. That's one. 100%. For sure, Pop Rocks. And then we were talking about Kinder Eggs. Kevin said the real Kinder Eggs aren't available here. My kids always hit up the duty-free when we travel for the real stuff. They love them. And then another 704 number wrote in. My five- and six-year-olds, they love the Kinder Joys, mostly because it comes with a small toy. Practically a mm. Happy Meal replacement. See, that's a great business model. For selling that candy to kids. Not only is it candy, but you get a little toy alongside it. Yeah, that's the way to work. They have an NBA children. version, too. A what version? NBA. Of what? NBA Young Boy? Of the Dumb Boy. Kinder Joy. <laughs> of Kinder Joys. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. All right. Uh, let's go to Visit to the Mound. Transition from the candy talk to the Visit to the Mound segment. Here's one Josh Fiddy Marlowe. Come on. We'll take you on right here, right now. Come on. Hurry up, it. All right, guys, I'm going to do my best to refrain from bit uh, from uh, just complaining all about the Mets here for the next, I don't know, five or six minutes. Yeah, please do. Um... Every time we do this, we bring up something that Shohei Otani does because he's always making history on the mound. Last night in their win over Baltimore, Otani became the first pitcher since 1964. Mel Stoudemire of the Yankees was the last guy to do what Otani did last night. To reach base safely five times. And in the process, Otani hit a three-run home run and was a double away from the cycle. So he got the single. He got the triple, which is usually the hardest part of the cycle. He got the home run, was just a double away, and also he drew a walk. 
I mean, it's. I, I watched him while they were in Cleveland over the weekend. Of course, couldn't watch them last night because they're blacked out here in Charlotte. This guy might just be a god. Because every time I watch him do stuff on the baseball diamond, it just defies logic. So, not only did this guy reach base safely all five times, he also almost hit for the cycle, as you mentioned. And if you want to go ahead and look up the stats, the pitching stats for the most strikeouts in the MLB at this moment in time, Shohei Otani is actually second behind only Spencer Strider with 71 strikeouts on the pitching mound. It's... It is what you do to create a player on MLB The Show, and they're actually too good. The show would not allow you to make <laughs> Shohei Otani. They would say, look, you got to pick one position or the other. <laughs> yep. You either have to go to the batting box or you can go to the mound. And if you're going to do both, then you have to be just average at one of these things. They would not allow you to create Shohei Otani, and yet here he is in real life really allowing you to uh, unlock the door for some of the other better cre- uh, characters you can create on video games. Yeah, man. He looked like uh, last night, too, he got angry when he hit that home run because they said he had given up, like, I think eight home runs over his last three starts or something like that. And it felt like last night he was getting cooked a little bit on the mound. He said, enough is enough. And then he smashed a home run. But he's definitely a fun player. And I think what baseball needs. Yeah, 99 number said, and he gave up three home runs. Get out of here. Otani hate will not be allowed on the show. Um, Aaron Judge went deep last night. Have y'all seen the video of his home oh, run? Yeah. I did. I'm glad I you brought it. this up. Okay. Excellent. I'm surprised I saw it too. Uh, no, we're not surprised. We know that you're a, you're the official baseball aficionado was. Okay. All right. Um, All right. You know. So you people see the look over at home plate. Then he hits a <laughs> mammoth two run, or to the dugout, excuse me. And then he hits the mammoth two run home run. People are saying he was... Little bit of cheating going on over there by the Yankees. What do you guys think? Do you think he was just looking over there because of the chirping, or do you think there was something he was being told from the dugout? So he did have a comment on this. He said a lot of chirping from our dugout, which I really didn't like in the situation where it was a 6-0 game. I was kind of trying to see who was chirping in the dugout. The problem with that, if I'm not mistaken, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but he did it multiple times. And the great Dan Schulman, who you could argue is the best play-by-play announcer in all of sports, if you wanted to, maybe just whatever, okay, right? Because it's not, it's not baseball. No, right. That's fair. But yeah. Dan Schulman, extremely versatile, whatever. That's not the debate I'm interested in having right now. The thing that he was talking about, he was discussing it before he hit the bomb. <laughs> the timing on this is phenomenal. If you have not seen the clip, please go watch it. Please go into the Google search bar and type this in because he was calling almost the shot saying, wait, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to throw any accusations out. I don't want to speculate all of that, but he's looking somewhere. He's looking at the dugout right now. And then as soon as he starts pointing that out, he just goes bomb. It's like, well, and after he looks, there's the there's the home run. <laughs> I mean, if you why do you need why do you feel the need to be shady about it if you're Aaron Judge? Maybe I am here to speculate. I don't know, man. I don't know why you're looking at that, but it was hilarious to hear Dan Schulman call him. I'm out. calling Cap. I think that uh, <laughs> they did the chatter to distract from the fact that they were stealing the signals, and I think that was the diversion that they created. Uh-huh. And I think that Judge was just over there looking, and then he got it done. I've never seen that before, ever in my life. I saw it this morning, and you know, 
you can't get away with anything. That was the first thing I thought about when I saw this. I said, God, I said, guys can't get away with anything. On SportsCenter, they're zooming in on his eyes, showing what he was doing. And I said, man, it, it's tough. Somebody tell John Morant. What's the next one we got on Visit to the Mac? <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll go really quickly here. So the Oakland A's, they're relocating to Vegas, right? And they have reached a deal to, uh, to, to build their new stadium in Vegas. Oddly enough, though, people that care about getting Major League Baseball here to Charlotte think that might actually help get MLB here because there are people that are talking about expansion with the relocation of the A's to Vegas, the league expanding to 32 teams where Nashville and Charlotte both get a state, both get a team. And with baseball going under this image overhaul with all the new rules and stuff this year, people think they might scrap the division that we've seen from the past and have, like, all the teams in the Northeast being in the division and stuff like that. And so there is some still hope that we may one day get an expansion franchise here uh, here in Charlotte as opposed to maybe the Rays relocating. Which is, wow. al- which is always the thing people point to, the fact that nobody shows up to Rays games despite them being really good for, I mean, over a decade now. It's crazy to think about that really being over 10 years now. But people will point to that, and now it's always Portland is always in the mix, too. Nashville has always been in the mix, as has Charlotte. The only thing I'll continue to say is just the way that Truist Field is set up right now, just within those confines. I'm sure they could figure out a way to make it happen if they wanted to. I do think the building of Truist Field within the last decade, it being such a new field, makes it a little bit harder, especially if you want to keep this thing uptown. I don't even know if you'd be able to do that. Plus, is there going to be any construction for a new Bank of America Stadium? Like, how many changes do we have to this city? You know, I haven't done a ton of research as to how feasible that would be. I just know that it would still be probably a little bit further off if this thing were to happen. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind them putting it out there by the racetrack if, if you know, if we couldn't get it here in the city limits. And also, there's hmm. just a wasted development in Rock Hill. You know, we can <laughs> <laughs> yes, go out there and play where the Knights used to be able to play. Yeah, Concord would be an interesting place to put the team, but I think that uh, uptown or somewhere as close as they could get would be Let's, the best let's have David Tepper be the owner of a new expansion team and see if Rock Hill would be the site of our new stadium. <laughs> That'll do it for Visit to the Mound. Let's welcome Joe Ovius on the other side of the break talking ACC Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.